What is up, everybody? We are back. I am here. It is your host. My name is Josh Lempert. Welcome back to Where's the Remote? As always, we are here to turn your Mondays back into a holiday, and I am here with Alex. As always, Alex, how you doing? I feel like I can't. F- I haven't recorded up here in a while, and I feel like I know it's that's hard why to my find... intro, my intro was so shitty because we haven't done this in so long. No, it's it's hard to find a good angle. Well, I haven't recorded up here in like I, I'm always recording in the basement. But um, so up here, I'm just like, I don't know what the proper angling is right now. Now that you but have I a haircut, also, you can show your face in the light of day. Yeah, I also just look like a different person entirely. So maybe it's that. You do. I do. I it's- went to see my grandma and she like when she opened the door, she was like, I literally didn't even recognize you. I mean, you look like you look Com- closer to the Alex that I knew. But I also but look completely different. You also look completely different. Your completely. hair is a lot longer than I've ever seen it before. So it was. Right, but even now, it's longer. Like, I've never seen you get your hair cut and it be that long before. Really? So maybe I did. Everyone was saying that I got it mad. I left mad hair on top. You did. You definitely did. I guess I'll have to get it. It's like twice as long as it normally is. I was, because I wanted to leave a little. My original thought was to leave everything on top. Clean it up, obviously. Yeah. But then I got in the chair. I was like, nah, I'm calling an audible. I, I need to be. Back on my glory days. Need to be invincible. Mid-season form. Which invincible is in right now? They are in that. Okay, I'll say. A lot of people and a lot of shows and a lot of things are in mid-season form right now. That's where I'll leave it. Um, We have a great show for you guys today. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, You just kind of heard a little bit of a teaser about one of the things we're going to be discussing. But we've got some music. Um, We've got a little bit of movie talk. We'll talk some movies. And... um, you know, we got some other good stuff. And then at the very end of this episode, you guys are getting a very special treat. Um, I have done a really, really amazing interview that we are so proud of and that we got the opportunity to do. And by we, I mean me, because Alex had some prior engagements, but that's okay. So stick around for the end, guys. We are going to be having an interview with Elvira Lind, who is a uh, filmmaker whose short film called The Letter Room stars Oscar Isaac and is nominated for an Oscar coming up this year's Oscars. And we will be having her on the show later today. Oscar squared. You're not going to want to miss this one. Um, I will preface it by saying I am the worst interviewer in the world. And I definitely like cut her off a bunch of times and uh, zoom interviews are not my forte, but that being said, still a very cool opportunity. So if you want to hear that, make sure to stick around for the back half. Proud of the boy. Proud of the boy. Alex, how are you doing? I feel I'm like good. I haven't seen you in forever. We haven't spoken in what feels like a month. We've talked on the phone, but that's we just haven't. not enough. I like seeing your mug. We haven't spoken. We have. I didn't know you were blonde. You're an asshole. <laughs> I'm good. That's just because um, you don't pay any attention to me, honestly. I'm reading a little bit. I went back to the movies yesterday. Yeah, and I realized yesterday, Godzilla versus Kong in IMAX. I'm a, I'm a simp for that movie. I'm a simp for Kong. Um, I found out that, well, not found out, but I did the math. It was longer from when we saw Tenet to now than it was from March to Tenet. Interesting. Yeah. And it didn't feel like it, which is crazy. No, it Um, doesn't. But it felt very nice being back in the movies. Yeah. I felt very calm. And for the record, before anyone comes for us, you boys are vaccinated. Yeah. Vaxxed up. Theater was Backed up. We are moving as a squad. We are ready for this hot boy summer shit. Baby steps. 
baby steps, always wearing those masks. You know what it is. But yeah. we will be going back to the movies, and it's a different sort of vibe this time. Because even though you're there with the mask on, you are definitely a little more relaxed than I don't. I can't speak for you. Yeah. I will definitely be more relaxed than I, I was for Tenet. I was, yeah. yeah, I was like, I mean, Tenet like was pretty packed. Like I was very, like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll be but, curious to see. I just don't know what's going to get me back in there. Honestly, I really want to see nobody. Well, I was going to ask you. So my choices for today are nobody or Minari. But Minari, oh, go see Minari is, and Minari fucking is, ruin your day. Minari's 40 minutes away. Like they're it's 40 so minutes good. there, 40 minutes back. But I would like you to watch it. Right I would like you to watch Minari. I want to watch it too. But I also really want to watch Nobody. You can't go wrong here, I think. I feel like Nobody's these are the probably last a more weekends. fun movie. Yeah. But, uh, we'll see how I'm feeling post game. Minari's going to make you cry. Really? Yeah, definitely. The theater's like kind of full too. So like that's an like I'm it's a small theater so I'm kind of not ready. Right. That's good though. I'm I'm ha- I mean, yeah, for sure. I'm happy to hear that the theater for a movie like Minari is full. Like that's yeah. very exciting to me. Um and I could always go see it at like an indie theater in the city, I feel. So like even if it leaves AMC. Well, what do you live in New York City, bro? New York City's dead. It's not never died. Shit's dead. Someone was like, That's why on TikTok they had to today. legalize weed because the city's dead. On TikTok today, someone was like, um, also, everyone, go follow Sod Talk NYC on Instagram. Go watch their Zaza's legal special. Absolutely incredible content. Um Someone on TikTok today was like, yo, you're paying two thousand dollars for this one bedroom apartment in the city? Like you could get like a whole house for that in Michigan. And I'm like, yo, but you're living in Michigan. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> and I just get mad sight. Like people are like, why would anyone pay this ever? And it's just like he said Shut up. Long Island. Soon come. That's what I'll say. What? That nothing. Say say it with your chest. So, you want to talk about the show or the, the music first? I want to talk about the music first. So, really? people... I didn't listen to have... it, so you're going to have to do the heavy lifting. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. Um, I know you did. I didn't. Because you won't shut up about it. I um, but what we're talking about today, which I'm sure most of you guys could guess, is Taylor Swift's re-released album... No, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about that. Even know that. But for out. all you Swifties out there, enjoy this moment. Enjoy uh taylor shout out to you you're making mad money that's cool so is she just uh, re- remaking her albums well so she had yeah she had i know there's the whole shooter contract yeah 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 the shitty contract she didn't own her masters so she re-released them um and i haven't listened to them that wasn't a huge part of my childhood as i imagine it wasn't a huge part of yours but i can see how this is a really big moment for her and a lot of her fans so like i said enjoy the moment we are not here to talk about that we are here to talk about brock hampton Alex, tell the people what you thought of Roadrunner. I haven't listened to it. I'm telling you. <laughs> Listen to it. Are you done with the bit? It's not funny. Okay. Um, Roadrunner is I people know I didn't like Ginger. We spoke about it on the podcast. Yeah. An eon dumb. An eon ago. No. How no. You let me. I can't have an opinion, bro. Um. I think that Roadrunner, I'm going to come right off the bat and say it. Two things. One, easily, the, like, even if you like Ginger, I'm sorry. This is easily their best album since Saturation 2. Secondly, I think that Roadrunner does what Ginger was trying to do 
better than ever, as well as being sonically just light years ahead. Um, like I think this is an excellent Brockhampton album, and yeah. we'll get into why. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I do think this is like the project that had me the most excited, probably since Saturation 2, which is right around when I got into Brockhampton when that dropped. And um, oh. thank you to Alex, obviously. But, uh, you know, this does, I was saying to people, like, this really feels like the kind of, like, it feels like we're approaching the final form of Brockhampton. Like, they said, Kevin said that this is, like, his last two albums. Liar. And he's probably a liar. But if he's not, like, it seems like this and the next one, like, we're really going to see, like, what all this progress has been coming from. And it feels like this has been happening over the course of a long time, but it really hasn't. Like, they've really only been around for a couple of years, and their sound has changed so much, and, like, even beyond that, their approach to making music has changed so much, and I just think it's really exciting to have seen them develop to the point where they're at now, because, like, this is a, like, a super, super hip-hop album, it's and... When... Okay, okay, okay. Well, no, go ahead, go ahead, jump when you When you texted, like, right before the album dropped, you were like... Like I, I am real. Like you, you said. I think like it's hitting me how excited I am for this album. Like this is gonna be their final form. I think like that was your exact words. And I like when you said that, I was like, I really am excited for this album. And I was like, exci- I don't even want to say I was excited for Ginger because like I enjoyed Iridescence way more than a lot of people seem to have liked yeah. it. But like Ginger, kind of, I don't know. It, it just kind of like dropped, and I was like. Oh yeah, it's a Brockhampton. Like a Brockhampton album's coming. But with this, like when you said that, I was like, like I'm I'm feeling because I remember like they're posting the snippets on Instagram of like what the sound would be like. And I was like, oh, this sounds like this sounds like it's gonna be. Yeah. Like, and yeah. so like, but then it kind of just like I forgot, I guess. But when you said that, I was like, damn, like I'm super excited. And this gave me that feeling of like hearing Brockhampton for the first time. Like when I listened to all American trash literally for a month, like nothing else. And I remember like, it was because they were, they were doing so many different things on one album and I never knew what was coming next. And I feel like this is, like it's giving me the closest I felt to that. Sometimes more so than even saturation where just like, you go from a crazy ballad to wild guitar to bars to like, it just goes all over the place, and I love all the different directions this album takes. Same, and I think that's always been one of the coolest things about Brockhampton is that you, you know, listen to any one of their songs, you never know what direction it's going to go. It's like, okay, is this about to be a, a crazy verse from Dom, like an insane bridge from Merlin, or like just like I don't even know, like a heavenly outro from Bareface? Like, what's it going to be? You never know. And now that they added features and stuff in there too, it's even, it's even more wild. It's just so hard to know what they're going to do next. And I think that's what makes this album so interesting. You know, you throw it on and no two songs sound the same. And there definitely is like a progression from like, they come out the gate fucking hot with buzz cut. I still, I wish I liked that song more. I fucking love that song. I I loved it. Like Danny Brown's verse is insane that beat and it made me wish i loved it more when i listen to that song in my car i literally want to punch a hole through my windshield it's crazy <laughs> it's actually insane it's a definite uh, it definitely is a good intro it's like a, it's a it's, it's a, a great, great way intro. to start off the album yeah and they you know i think that 
they just they're using everything at their disposal so well. I think that's always been one of like Kevin. I give him a lot of credit because I think he does a lot of the curating for this. But I always I think that he's done a really good job of knowing what assets they've had in their group and like just using everybody to the best they can. And I mean, there's a lot of Joba on this album, but I think that Kevin probably sensed that Joba had a lot to say, given everything going on in his life. And it was important to hear more of that. And we did. And I just think that a lot of credit goes to him, I think. They they did something that like they atoned for one of the complaints that I think you and me both had. Um, Merlin is back. Like, He's I back. feel like Merlin was missing a lot on the other album. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, I think that, like, I was like, yo, I fucking miss Merlin. Like, I miss his energy. Like, he's the ODB of Rockhampton in terms of just, like, you don't know what he's going to give you. And I love it every time. And this especially, like, yeah, like on Windows. He's perfect. And I just yeah. love his uh, his output. On Windows this. is one of my favorite songs on the album. Dude, I have Five so times. many. I'm looking at the track list right now. Like, the light is maybe the best thing Brockhampton's ever made. The song, it, the light. Yeah, yeah, I know what you meant. And uh, and like I feel bad, like feel bad is the wrong word, but like it's something I want to listen to literally on repeat. But the subject matters, obviously. Yeah, it, it, like it makes me feel like, like Jesus. Yeah, like the, the first time I heard that song and like it clicked what he was saying, like I got the craziest goosebumps. Well, it's like when you hear people saying that, like, making certain albums or certain songs, like, as an artist saved their lives. Like, I truly believe that what Joba is doing with Brockhampton, like, is saving his life right now. I truly believe that. Yeah. Like, and that's what, that's kind of, like, Ginger obviously addresses some pretty heavier things that was going on in the time, like, when it came out for, within, like, their group. Um but for me, it just never felt like, not that they didn't, it just didn't like, it, it didn't feel impactful to me. I think that's the better word to use. But I think like with this, like this is, this is what I meant by kind of like, this is the more matured version of what they were going for on Ginger, where like you feel the impact behind it. And uh, I think like, like a lot of moving pieces are at work here. And I think yeah. they all come together very well and very powerfully. Agreed. But I actually urge you to go back and listen to Ginger. And I, I listened I to it like a month or two ago. Yeah. I revisited Ginger this past week in like preparation, I suppose. And some of those songs are still so, so good. And I kind of agree with what you're saying as an album as a whole. It didn't really leave a huge impact on me. But the songs that I really like from Ginger, I still I don't really, hate Ginger. Really I'm like looking at the track list. Like I enjoyed some of them. Like, No Halo yeah. is dope, if I remember. Sugar, obviously. Yeah. Boy, bye. Merlin is so good on No Halo. How does St. Percy go? That bass is insane. Is oh, that the one where it's like, eh, 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 we was in, in the bathroom, hey, eh, 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 I think Banging so, I think on so, your speakers, yeah. banging on your speakers, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Banging on your that speakers. That was pretty good, yes, speakers, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that shit's fire. Um... I'll give it another lesson. PlayStation yeah. control. Big boy, you're a big boy now. Yeah. Ginger definitely has some slaps. I liked it. Definitely does. I think I was also just mad that people didn't like iridescence. You were. To, you were. You were I bitter love and it's iridescence. Okay. Iridescence is also a great, great album. I still remember where I was when I heard it for the first time. And me Juve and the kids stayed up late listening to it. Juve is crazy. 
but I'll tell you, and I don't even think that like I love Ginger, but like seeing them perform Ginger live, like was transcendent. Honestly, like I'll never forget. Shout out Elon Rubin for coming with me to the anthem. This but, album's uh, gonna be good live. I want them to do a live band. It won't happen, but I would kill to see. That it. would be quite the experience. Um. So what are your favorite songs? Well, so obviously Buzzcut is like no surprise. Like I love, love, love Buzzcut. But also, like you said, the light is crazy. I think I'll Take You On with Charlie Wilson. Is Uncle like Charlie! One of the best oh, pop yeah. songs that Brockhampton has ever released. It's so good. No, 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 um, tweet, tweet. I'm trying to remember what else. Um, Bankroll. Uh, let's talk about that because I think that was the most anticipated song on the album like That's from been the stands quite people have heard that snippet a million years ago and they're like where is bankroll where yeah. is bankroll and uh did you think it lived up to the hype i the first time i heard it i was like this is really weird but it has it's grown on me yeah i agree like because really the only thing that i was caught off guard by was verg's verse and i don't know if i his flows I, are weird they are i love it and i don't know him to, and rocky on a track again together is just like Chef's yeah, I, it's definitely a big pull for them. I'm going to have to come see them in New York because you know they're bringing out the ASAP mob. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Could you imagine? They're at like a fire. small venue, too. They're doing it. Yeah. Small-ish, I should say. Yeah. They're not going to a small venue. I but mean, yeah. like, no, they did. I'm just saying, Al, when where the tour's announced. I wonder, where they're, I wonder where they're going to perform next. I would bet, like, Terminal 5 or something. They, that's where we saw them, right? No, for we saw Urban Plaza. No, no, not for iridescence. I didn't see iridescence. Yeah, you. Oh, did. wait, we did see it at Terminal Five. Yeah, we totally did. Yeah. Uh, they can go bigger than that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I haven't. Anyways, also, I what's the occasion? I really, really like that song as well. And like, Dear Lord, is like a weird, gorgeous, like, yo. Yeah, it's like it, it totally like stops the momentum of the album, but it's perfect. in such a way that's like, yeah, I agree, it's perfect. And uh, I really there's no songs where I heard them I didn't like Windows with So Gone So Flexy. I don't know who the fuck that is, Neither but I. like that song is really good. Don't you know when I heard Don't Shoot Up the Party, nearly crashed the whip. Yeah, yo, it's because he was like, he was like one of the inspirations for the album was the Chronic 2001, and that's it right there. Like those mm-hmm. crazy. That's not how it sounds. Now that I'm, <laughs> um, but it's very good. I almost crashed the whip. You gotta go, Dad. Every yeah, there's. What, I know you're not like a big JPEG guy. Neither am I. But what were you, I've what, heard his music. I've heard his, that whatever album, like all your heroes are assholes or whatever it is. Like, I thought the sound was a little too out there for me. So, which doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it was gonna take me more. It's not like a casual like pick this album up, listen to it, and just immediately fall in love with it. It's going to take a little more time. I like I like his verse a lot. I like his verse a lot on this on this album too as well. I think yeah. that I thought like, all the features were really good. I don't yeah, think Yeah, none of them miss. I think that like the first two songs I can understand like a rocky start, but like from Count on Me on, what do you mean a rocky start? Like Buzzcut is No, actually- I'm telling you. I just, like I wish I liked Buzzcut more. Come down and visit me. Sit in my car. We will destroy every window in the entire. I love Danny Brown. It's like I don't know. It's just like I feel like like that little interlude after but after his verse is it like it it throws off like the steam of it. 
I don't know. It's it just the first two songs. See, to me, that's like even though we don't even hear that many members of Brockhampton, like that is that's like, another thing. That is like the pinnacle of Brockhampton for me in terms of sound. Yo, like, oh my god, I need to it's just, just like so in your face. And Chain On is great too, but then Count on Me is awesome. And those first, honestly, four songs, everything up until the light is just straight bars, nonstop. Dom is about. rapping again, like rapping rapping which and, i love uh, i'm very you happy. know it's a good brockhampton album if i have to go back and like re-listen and be like all right who even is this right now like i don't even know sometimes yo dom said my pen is like a fortune teller or an atm and it's like i heard that and i was like oh yeah i'm thinking i'm back <laughs> i'm thinking i'm back um but yeah i like I really all the rapping to get that in meme form i love using that i like all the rapping on here yeah, it's great. It's really Watch good. For your so wife, t- I might take it out your life. Yo, Merlin. Love that, man. Merlin. Okay, so also, I don't know if you've been following. Kevin Abstract is on TikTok now. Didn't know that. And he did say there is a deluxe coming. Well, the CDs are have like four extra songs. I'm just saying. He said on TikTok there's a deluxe coming. That's One of the songs are called Sex. Cool. The, the bonus tracks are Roberto's Interlude. Jeremiah, sex, pressure, Miyama slash Bow Wow. Um, I'm here for it. Oh my god! Yeah, yo, like the light. I can't get over it. It's an incredible it's really song. The guitars on it are all. The guitars. I told you guys, like the guitar work on all this out al- on this whole album is fucking insane. Um, yeah. and and I really, I could see why Rick Rubin liked it, and I could see why RZA liked this album a lot, and mm-hmm. I really hope that. I can't see them doing it, but like hearing this album with a live band would be, or at least some of the songs I think would be a very yeah. special little thing. Agreed. Agreed. So tell me, what do you, what do you get in this album? I would give this like an eight and a half. I, think I was it's thinking very like good. an eight, mate. I'm it might with room to improve. I was thinking. An yeah. Eight. It's very good. Very, very good. Is this your favorite album of 2021 so far? Yeah. It's either that or the code of the friend album. But I think it's this. I got. I like the code of the friend album a lot. I think this album is outstanding. Yeah, I, it's very good. I think this is probably the project I was most excited for so far this year, and so the like the fact that it met and maybe exceeded expectations is just like very exciting for me as a fan. So yeah. awesome. Moving forward, while we are on the topic of music, Alex, we're going to get a little sad for a minute. Um, We are going to talk about the passing of one of the absolute biggest legends in hip-hop history. He will never be touched, and he will also never be forgotten. Uh, This past week, DMX passed away um, at the age of 50 years old. And Alex, if you can, because I know that you 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 grew up listening to a lot more DMX than I did. I didn't... (laughs) <laughs> More than I did for sure. Oh, I didn't Body grow put you up. on early. Yeah, but like, yeah. I'm not it's saying he like. That. I'm not saying he was your whole life, but I'm just saying you were definitely more than just a casual fan. I think so. If you could talk a little bit about it. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't need to talk about DMX's legacy. Like, people were out here trying to clown it on Twitter. Not clown it, but like they were questioning it rather. And it's like, dude had two number one albums within a calendar year. I don't know. I don't. If I'm correct, I don't think any other artist has ever done that. At least any other rapper. Um, I'm actually gonna pull that up while I'm talking about it. I know that 
DMX to me is one of the most hard hitting artists ever. And I think that any time, like, um, what was it? Not ultimate, uh, diet. And even, um, yeah. pups, like those are the two most recent yeah, ones. Like, like you hear them and you're like, this is the, like the, it's a DMX impersonation. And like, it's a very clear sign. Like his style is a one of one. He's one of those dude. He's one of those acts that is, is just like you hear a DMX song and you know, it's a DMX song from the jump. And, uh, ATF to me is still, I tweeted about it. One of the craziest songs I've ever heard in my life. I vividly remember the first time I heard that song. Um, and I've always been a fan of Swiss beats and his work with DMX. Like that's, that's prime Swiss to me. Um, just absolutely club bangers that you yeah. can hear in any situation and just get stupid. Um, Damien, like DMX had everything. He has like the bangers that I love. He's an exceptional storyteller. He just seems like a wild dude. Like I, I always get like uh, Instagram things uh, kind of like, I don't know what podcast it's from, but like it's Nori's podcast. And uh, like this mad DMX stories of like, he trained his dogs to do ad libs for him when he was freestyling. Like that is the coolest shit. Ever. Yeah. Like he would just be like, he was like DMX is one of those dudes that, like the you hear like these stories about him and it's like he was still successful and uh like he never changed his like like he was dmx before and after he got famous um yeah and he was obviously like he had his own personal struggles um like people are always like oh is he in jail like is he like in rehab right now um and i think that it's very upsetting but the I saw a video like the day the news dropped and it was from f this February and he was like if I drop dead right now like I would be happy that I lived a full life and uh it's just a very sad like especially how his the whole news of everything was handled yeah um with like people constantly trying to break the news and I just this is a long-winded way of saying like he's not one of those guys that is like a legend because he died like he was a legend years before mm. any of this and um i really don't think that there will ever be another dmx and i think that anyone he is the second rapper to have two albums released in the same calendar year debut at number one first being tupac um but yeah if you want especially that first album i'm way more familiar with it's dark and hell is hot um that album to me has just like some of the greatest hip hop tracks you'll ever hear. And then flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood is also very good. Um, and yeah, I would highly recommend anyone go listen to his early shit. Everyone knows rough riders anthem, but like ATF Damien, um, crime story, like those three songs alone, like that's DMX in a nutshell and, and the convo, like those four songs, go listen to them and tell me that you don't have massive, respect for dmx um yeah. you will be missed absolute legend and i saw that he completed an album before he passed and i wonder what that will be like um but yeah it makes me sad that we didn't see, get to see him at uh rolling loud he was supposed to perform and then like last yeah. year he didn't
Um, that was really sad. I yeah. think that one, I think you said it really well. Like they're really like, regardless of how you felt about DMX, whether you like his music or don't like his music, you have to admit that he was just like, unlike anyone else and no one will ever be even close to like him. And I saw someone online compare him to Anthony Bourdain, which at first I thought was like a really weird, obscure comparison to do, but really it was just partially because of all these like seemingly random stories that are coming out that you're hearing, you know, like there was this video of him at an Albanian wedding and like, yeah. you know, just all sorts of really random, but like fun stuff that you're seeing. And just so many stories of how he, you know, not only changed people's lives, but changed people's lives for the better. Like, people posting stories about how you know a short meeting with dmx inspired them to like clean up their lives and like put down the drugs and like save their lives and this guy was really out here like spreading joy he was spreading joy and spreading life and like i said whether you listen to his music or not you have no choice but to look back on like his legacy and you know respect and understand that we lost a legend and we lost an icon and you know like i said there will never be another one like him but you know, one of have. one of the goat voices in rap, not Absolutely. only in terms of impact, but just like pure like vocals sonically. Like no one is coming. And it's a three ad lib. Yesterday I went or uh, the whatever day the news broke. I guess it was Thursday or Friday. Um, I went to the gym with Asher, and there's like a yoga studio there, and we just heard this music coming from there i was like what's going on in there i was like i was like it must be a class or something going on. i go in and it's just one dude dmx volume all the way up running like laps and shit. that's the like, only way to listen to dmx absolutely. Wow. hey yo absolutely that was not bad no that was awful <laughs> oh my god like yeah like me about yeah we used to just like like what a ridiculously fun. When are you gonna wear that incredible Rough Riders shirt? I know, I know. I gotta bust it out. I wasn't home, yeah. but um, maybe I'll throw it. It's white though, so it will get dirty. But like, worth it. Yeah, that's what DMX would have wanted. Hell yeah, you are correct. Yeah. But yeah, go listen to those. Out, al- go listen to those first two albums. Um, or get at me, dog. Get at fun me. little pun. All right, um, moving forward, we have one last great thing to talk about today. Another thing I'm very, very excited about because I just finished watching it. Alex, we are here to talk about the new Amazon Prime TV show, Invincible. And I know you are excited to discuss this, but first I want to kind of just say, like, preface this by saying before this show, like, actually dropped, like, I had heard nothing about this. And for those of you who are kind of like me and who have maybe heard nothing about this, we'll give you a quick little rundown before we jump into spoilers. So this is a brand new animated superhero TV show for adults on Amazon Prime. So this is not like your your dad's fucking Batman cartoons. Like this is like bloody and really funny uh, animated TV show with like one of the most amazing casts I've ever seen in my life. Like some of the more notable names, Sandra Oh, Stephen Yun, J.K. Simmons, Mahershala Ali is in it. Like, Walton Goggins, so many people are in the show. The list really goes on and on and on. And, you know, if you're looking for more superhero content that's fresh and not Marvel and not DC, um, this is truly, truly going to be right up your alley. Alex, are you enjoying Invincible? Yes. Okay, so I've been reading a lot more comics recently, and... I was just like on Reddit one day and someone was like talking about Invincible 
And I was like, why do I know that name? And then I remember like YouTube kept giving me like invincible ads, but I like would just skip them. Cause I was just like, I was watching the wire band of brothers at the time. Um, and then I saw, I like, I made the connection and I was like, Oh, all right, let me check this out. And I watched the trailer and I sent it to like literally everyone. I was like, yo, this looks fire. And then every, like people are like, it's the best graphic novel I've ever read. They're the best comic I've ever read. Um, it's written by the same dude who wrote the walking dead, Robert Kirkman. Right. And you can um, tell cause there's a ton of walking dead yeah. alum in the show. And, and that's just another like massively popular long running comic show. I mean, comic book. That's also a show. Um, and where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So invincible. Um, they dropped the first three episodes all at once. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And I watched the first episode and the whole time I'm like, this is like, eh, I like didn't get the hype. Yeah. And then I won't spoil anything, but the first that it ends on some wild shit, and I was like, "Okay, I'm interested now." Yeah. Um, yeah. and then the second episode has more crazy stuff, and I was like, "It based like the second episode happened, and it was the same thing." Where I was like, "I don't know, how, like it's kind of cool, but like there's enough cool moments to give me like I'll give it another shot." And then the third episode, I was like, "Okay, it seems like they set it up." I'm still not sold on it, but because people kept saying like it's the best thing they've ever read, I was like, I'll give it some, this is the setup. A lot of people have said from what I've read that the first couple like issues took some time for like Kirkman to find their vo- his voice with it. Um, and then episode four was sold. I was like, this yeah. is very good. And then with the most recent episode, I am all in. I literally want to buy like the whole series right now but i'm gonna wait until the end of the season because i know i'm gonna be itching for more but uh yeah i i think it's now i'm at a point where i'm like this is a very good tv show yeah i agree with what you were saying i kind of started off a little bit lukewarm on it but by the end of that first episode i was definitely hooked enough to keep watching um and then like you said by where we're at now the fifth episode like this shit is wild like i want more to watch right now they just keep introducing new characters that are really really cool new heroes and new villains and you know the twists keep coming you can tell this show's gonna have a lot of nuance to it in terms of like you know what i guess it's more than just your basic good versus evil tv show you know and between all that the great like very classic animation style and also the truly truly unbelievable amount of a-listers that are in the show it's It's, it's, wild it's just a big win for amazon prime right now like they are honestly putting out my favorite superhero content between this and the boys like disney plus can't touch them because guess what i watched the first episode of falcon the winter soldier and two thumbs down (laughs) don't care not watching the next episode i haven't oh i heard crazy i heard episode four is nuts i'm gonna wait for the season to end probably and then maybe i'll binge it I'm, I like haven't watched it just because I was busy, but also like haven't I was like I want to watch Invincible. Yeah, right. Like I'm, I'm way rather it. sit down for a new episode of Invincible than a new episode of the Bucky Barnes show. I don't care. Like, oh, you're mad. I'm just, um, I'm I'm just hyped that we have other superhero content that not only is like good, is like super fucking good, yeah. and like it just puts the pressure on Marvel 
and ultimately DC as well, to step their game up, do better, and actually compete. Because now there's competition in the market. And I hope that, like us, you guys are taking note of this and, you know, saying goodbye to the uh, the Marvel formula. Goodbye. I, I like it a lot. I, I'm, i like, very looking – because I know – like, my problem with the boys is, like, it took so long for season two that I forgot a lot of season one. That's the and nature it makes of any me, TV show. Yeah, but, like, with this, I'm, like – literally so excited that like i have 140 issues of story to well, like the second say, season one more ends. excited for the boys than i am for this to be honest Just, well we'll see how it ends um but I, because i hear the sh- the the stories go in like pretty crazy places so it I'm, would have to be and like i have insane. yeah i think i still like the boys more obviously and i'm going yeah. to read the boys um because it's another one that like people say is excellent i just really want like the boy seems heavier right now and invincible and invincible is cool because like I've explained this, the show so far as like, it's a mix of sky. It's kind of like expands upon sky high, but also has like a splash of the boys in it. And I think that like, as the show progresses, it just seems like naturally, like from a storytelling perspective, it'll start to like even more and like tip the other way. Um, because obviously they're going to have to get away from like a Marcus and new superhero at some point. And I'm very excited to see. I think they already have to some extent. Uh, no. Cause like, like the- I mean, we still see elements of him learning and training, but that first episode really does have sky high vibes where it's like, Hmm, my dad's a superhero. Will I get powers or not? And it's like, okay, we're past that. That only lasts. Well, I mean, more so like, like if that was the whole season long arc, that would have been trash. They're but going this- through like all the tropes. It seems like this week was, was um, like last week was, was yeah, like, this week he was like stopping the meteor and like, well, no, like I mean more so like from like his, his perspective, like this Can week we was, spoilers? let's do minor ones. Like this week was, no, was wanna, all right, we'll okay. Talk we'll talk. No, we'll talk. Full we'll, spoilers. No, we'll, we'll talk, talk to you. <laughs> um, this week was like time management and like, I always think of Spider-Man, like consistently yeah, late. Yeah, hundred percent. The episode 100%. prior was was um, just like helping yeah. other people, I think, or something. Like, shout out Zazie Beats. Like, let's go. I'm Team like, Eve. Yes. Team Eve. I want them to hook up. <laughs> I think that Eve and the other girl are gonna hook up. The other girl. Yeah, like I think Amber? they're gonna cut Mark out of the picture. Like Amber, Beats, whatever her character, yeah, Amber, Amber, Amber. yeah, Amber and Eve. I think the fine. two of them are gonna hook up. I guess, that would be cool. Um, because yeah. fuck Mark, he's a little bit. Yo, hey. <laughs> All right, we'll talk after. We'll talk after. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's just a very fun show. I love, 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 love the the title card drops. It'll be like twenty me minutes too. into the episode. It reminds me of Barry. Yeah, and uh, I like it. But a lot. Barry's still doing it the best. I will also say another thing that I really love about that show and a big standout for me because he's great in every show he's in. He steals it for me. Is always Jason Manzukis. As I hate mode. him. He's he's a shit I character. Hate him. He's meant to be hated, but yeah. I always love him. And he has one of the like his voice acting is. Just he's not even funny to me in this though because I hate him. Oh so no, much. he's definitely funny to me. I well, hate he, him. He's an asshole, but like he's meant I just kind of yeah. I kind of picture Jay from Big Mouth whenever he says anything. Yeah. Like, why don't you go? I'm like, why don't you go fuck a pillow? Like. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, oh, I do really want to talk full spoilers now. We're we'll talk, talk right after. We'll I think that this. Yeah. 
I think that this is a really exciting TV show, though. And like I said, it I is. Think this it has is, a lot of potential. It's the best superhero content we've gotten since The Boys, I think. And uh, yeah, that's right, people. I think this is more promising than the Snyder Cut, all things considered. Oh. Even though I enjoyed the Snyder Cut, oh, we're not get epicness. That. Like, I think this shows more potential for the future of the superhero genre. That's what I'll say. Um, if you your call favorite... yourself a superhero fan, fucking watch this show. Or your who are your favorite heroes? Um, hmm, I don't know. I like the one who can shrink, the girl who can shrink, because I think I was like, felt... yeah, I think it's yeah, just I always thought that that was one of the best, like, like one of the best superpowers. You well, we have. see like, an I feel awesome like you could use cause... of it. You can cause maximum damage. Like, we see you know. we see some cool shit with that. We definitely in, do. In the, yeah. Um, replicate is also a cool power. Replicate as well, yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, and your boy's in it. Seth Rogen. No, Mike. Yeah. America's boy at this America's point. <laughs> nah, he's my boy. Uh, um, Seth Rogen is in the show. It's true. Um, that's going to come back. Has to come back later on. I, don't I hear know. it does. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um... Very yeah, I feel like stuff. I like like it's like it's very cool seeing like oh this is a riff off of this Marvel character or this DC one or like it, it's but it's like almost a riff off of it that's done better. Yeah, it's it's like a cool like they add something to it. Like Titan right. is a good example of like like it's Luke Cage, but there's a spin on it, and I think it's a very cool like it, it's it's enough. And shout out Mahershala Ali. Like, yeah. Academy Luke, Award winner, two-time Academy Luke Cage. Award winner. They wasted him in Luke Cage, and they they gave him a second life in this. Um, yeah, I really like the show, and I'm very like. It sucks that there's only three episodes left. Like, I want them all now. There's only three. There's only eight yeah. episodes. Well, because they like the, yeah. No. I think it was smart though, because like, <laughs> I would not have watched the show if I had to wait three weeks for those first three episodes. Sure, that's for sure. I think but I think I like how think, they did it was very smart. I agree, but like you said, like you know, once season one ends, I'm gonna want more. And I am personally like not in the camp of people who's gonna go read the comics to like find out. You what hate happens. reading, so it's okay. It's not even that I hate reading. It's just that I don't. I would prefer to absorb it and have the story be told to me through the format of the TV show. I hear, I hear, like they've already made some changes. Um, so I am curious to see, like. I know the boys has made some changes as well. So I really don't mind. I, I do just kind of want to like, I like finished... if the ending of the boys was spoiled for me. Like I would be upset. I don't mind. I, cause like me personally, like I finished the Sandman. So like I yeah. need another big, like overarching story. For and this is, this is literally comics, double. How fucking awesome is that clip of Oscar Isaac training for moon Knight? Yeah. Like I'm, that I'm shit that. just gets better and better and better the more times I watch it. I'm going to send it, you this. It looks I, so good. I want you to read this one Moon Knight issue. It's like little to no dialogue. And it's literally just like him going into a building to rescue a hostage. And it's like picturing that clip in that comic, in that issue. I was like, Oscar, like that might be the best Marvel thing that we get. Like, I think if it's, it's a fully very good, rated R, which I need to be. I think it'll be very good. Yeah. I I have a lot of faith in that that uh, comic or in that show rather. Moon Knight's yes. dope. I'm excited to see what they do with that. Speaking of Oscar Isaac, it's now the time to transition. Is it a good transition time? Yeah. 
Okay, so now people, like I mentioned before, we are you're gonna hear an interview um, with myself and Elvira Lind once again. She's an Oscar-nominated filmmaker. Her movie, The Letter Room, is out now. It's a short film starring her husband, Oscar Isaac, and um, we had a great time talking with her. And by we, I mean me, I guess. Um, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy. So here you go. Thank you, Olvira, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. We are so, so excited to have you on our show and to talk with you about your movie, The Letter Room. Um, the Oscars are right around the corner. How are you feeling? Are you excited? Yeah, super excited. Hard not to be. I mean, in this year where it's such a unique ceremony that's going on, um, how do you feel being part of such a, an interesting and unique year at the Oscars? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a historical year. Um, never like like never before and it's just the fact that we might get to go in person and that that feels like a treat is also a testament to how wild uh the past year has been i actually we uh were at the ceremony last year because oscar was um her husband uh was sending one of the awards and I, it was like right before not long before everything shut down so i think that was one of the last things we did before then um and then it's just incredible to think about what has happened in the time yeah i mean it feels like so long ago at this point um so your movie premiered back in november of 2020 right uh yeah i think at the holly shorts festival is that right it's true yeah we were uh, screened in the opening uh night for holly shorts and then we'd been selected for some other festivals before but you know we didn't screen there because of all this yeah how it how the festival yeah yeah so your background is a little bit more in documentary filmmaking how did you feel the adjustment over to narrative features went adjustment um yeah if there was one was that sorry i said if there was one no, there was. I mean, it's, it couldn't be more uh, opposite of what I usually do. I'm a one-woman band. Normally, I operate by myself. Camera, sound, I like to do it all. Um, and suddenly, I'm there with a crew and a script and, you know, a planned day. And I quite liked it. I thought it was really fun. It was, uh, it was a huge challenge. You know, there's... Uh, there's a lot of decisions to be made all the time, as opposed to documentary where I sit around and wait for things to happen and have a lot of slow time to just figure out how to point the camera and and just be lost in own thought. But here it's just like you're just running around. Yeah. And speaking of your team, you know, what was it like working with your husband on this? Because I think, you know, that's a really, really special opportunity that not a lot of people get. I know it could have been a disaster, honestly. <laughs> no, I'm sure Oscar's great. I'm sure he's great. Yes, but you know, we went into it, we were like, okay, this could end. This could end in a divorce, you know? Like, how do we? Because <laughs> I was seven months pregnant, so I wasn't, you know, my normal self, and so mm -hmm. there's a lot of already a lot of uh, hormones and, and madness, and then doing a project like this. But yeah, it's so much fun, and he's very professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really comes to life on the screen. I mean, he gives electric performances, I think, in everything he does. But especially here, you can really tell that 
it was it was you know something he had really put a lot of thought into so i'm wondering if that role was developed specifically for oscar in mind or if it just kind of worked out that way no it was i mean it was i think when he first read it he was like you want me to play <laughs> he goes <laughs> i had also written him as he was supposed to be bigger and like mm -hmm. really struggling with his weight which is also why he eats a lot of food but then we had him like he was counting his calories and stuff right and in a way that was like you just have a lot of qualities that you would normally prescribe to ascribe prescribe yeah i think so yeah i One think prescribe two, or maybe ascribe yeah it's okay you know like sensitive yeah. and romantic and you know like these things but you know nothing is um nothing is you know you never know who's everyone can be whatever and you know he's just this kind of guy that works in a prison but he's you know struggling with uh, weight and uh wants to find some romance in his life hopeless romantic and you know so and we all have a that part of us i think he's i also have some richard in me like yeah. i know what that feels like all of those things so i think a lot of us can identify with him so it, i think oscar just has to tune in and as soon as he found his connection to him it just magic happened you know yeah and i think that with a short film the best thing that you could ask for is that you know, we're left wanting more. And I felt like with the character like Richard that I was just like, I could have watched a lot more and seen a lot more of who he was um, because what we have already there is so rich. But um, I just want to talk a little bit about the perspective because I think there's a lot of movies out there that show, you know, prison from the perspective of the inmates. But what drew you to the perspective of a corrections officer? I think I liked the idea of someone being conflicted. Mm -hmm. um, about his job working there because i imagined if i were working in a place like that that i would be incredibly conflicted about my main um my main duty on my job was to make sure that people were locked up and were um were not having access to things that makes them feel like an independent human being right. with the choices available to them like we would have in normal life um so I, I was trying to imagine what that felt like, and I think that is a really good key to like unlock this um, understanding of what is wrong with these incredibly long prison sentences that we do have in this country, and I mean, not to even mention the death penalty. Yeah. So understanding his um, him battling with the job that he's actually doing, I think. Can, can help us open our eyes to it in a certain way. And, and just focusing on something like the fact that there's a letter room where they censor the letters taking away people's privacy, you know, that for me. Right. Yeah, I thought that would be really yeah, I mean, I think you did a really beautiful job of um, showing that conflict. And there's that scene with Aaliyah that's so powerful when they're sitting in that diner. And she kind of flips the script on, I mean, the tone of the movie overall kind of starts out sort of comedic. And then it gets very, very serious very quickly. Um, so what was it like, you know, having Aaliyah in that short role, but, you know, such a pivotal scene? You know, how did you make sure to get the most out of that short screen time? I mean, I didn't have, because she's just incredible. So she just came she is, in and she just, is. you know, blew up the room, you know. So uh, I didn't have to do, I was just so excited that we got to work together. And she was so excited to, to do the scene with Oscar. And and, um, and we had a really wonderful time working together. She really liked the story. And 
So she came in and she had, you know, really worked on it and she just gave it her all. We had her, yeah. but we ended up shooting all her stuff in one day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was magical. Awesome. One of my favorite parts of the movie and the part that like I kept thinking about all day today was the score. And it's like very simple, but like with the drums, I really, really liked it. So could you talk a little bit about how that was developed and how that came into play? Sure, yeah. I mean, for me, the I always imagined Richard's character to kind of have a constant salsa song going on inside mm-hmm. his body. You know, there would just always be this, this, but that was his, I think we all have a, some something, some music going on around us, inside of us. So we walk around with like our own score and he had that. And so Oscar would even listen to stuff um, as, and he would, um, before he would do a scene. And it's an old, majority of what is there is from uh, Ruben Gladys, who was an incredible musician and a good friend of ours. Um, and it's an old track from like one of his first albums. And um, mm-hmm. it's just congas. And then we have uh, Paolo Stagnaro, who is an incredible percussionist, um, come in and like live perform to the scenes in our producer's basement in Brooklyn with her husband, who was great. Wow. So we were like watching it and he would play it as we would go. And then we would mix that with the old 70s. So it was, yeah, it was really fun. I mean, I think that the whole process seems very collaborative and very intimate. And it kind of comes across a lot on screen. I mean, it's really focused on one character for the most of the parts, Richard. And so you can kind of tell that everybody had to be really, really focused in on that, you know, what was happening right there in that moment and in that scene. And I think it came across really, really well. Thank you. Thanks, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and this is more of like a, more of a personal question, but I'm just wondering whose idea was the mustache? That's what I have to know. Was it Oscar's idea? Was it your idea? So Oscar came right off of the set of Doom, where he had oh, gotcha. a, like a beard a little longer than what you have now mm-hmm. um, and a lot of hair going on. So he, they, it was a, a head full of a, lots of hair that we just sat down with. And Tim Nolan, who does, uh, who did hair and and um, and beards in this movie, was an incredibly talented man. Um, he just started testing out different things. We took off that beard and beard in like different patches, and was like, should it be this? Should it be this? So we tried out a bunch of stuff, and then when we hit that mustache, we're like, that's it. I mean, that's a big ass mustache, big. Yeah, and it's very memorable. Pretty hard to forget. Yeah, it's it's and it's his real mustache. He could have that every day if he wanted. <laughs> If you, if you let him. He took it off after we had wrapped. Immediately after the mustache <laughs> was gone. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I want to ask you about, so just kind of touching on what you mentioned before, um, and I think that you can tell that there's, with any movie, you know, written about the prison system or, you know, just inmates in general, there's obviously a really big responsibility that a filmmaker has to tell an accurate and compassionate story, I think, from both perspectives. So I'm wondering if there was a research process that went into that, you know, where you kind of found the inspiration for this and, you know, how you really made those characters come to life. Yeah, I did research and talked to people on both sides of the bars. Um, mm-hmm. People that are incarcerated or have been incarcerated, long uh, sentences or shorter sentences, and also people that work uh, as correctional officers and prisons. And then I had, re- I mean, I've always been very um, fascinated and horrified by the American prison system. So I'd always read a lot about the day to days. I really, 
was um, specifically interested in these routines and the day-to-days of prisons and how how they function, mm-hmm. um, especially the, the Supermax prisons. I mean, I wanted to shoot at the Colorado um, ADX Supermax <laughs> security mm-hmm. prison, which, you know, my brother was like, that's, I'll call them, but I don't yeah. think it's possible. <laughs> We can do it. Yeah. And uh, it was not possible. We did not allow it because, you know, there is, is no there is no human contact with prisoners. That thought for me is so insane. Yeah. Like, even if you've done something terrible, you know, there's also, you're still a human being. Like, I can understand that we need to be punished. But it's like a different type of death penalty. Like, it's just so extreme. And, you know, uh, many of the prisons, the people that live there are, that are incarcerated, they, you know, they cook meals for each other and they have to learn to cook and they have to learn, because it's also like you come out on the other side and if you haven't cooked a meal for yourself in 35 years, you know, it's like you don't learn any human skills or you don't, what, what kind of human are you going to be after having just been stored in a facility and like not given an opportunity to like become a better person than whoever they thought they wanted to right. become. And I think, you know, speaking to what you're saying, you know, about that perspective of what that can do to a person on the inside, but also, you know, we see in this movie what it can do to even the corrections officers. And there's that moment, that really nice moment at the end where he gives him the note from his daughter, but he knows, right? And it's at the end, it's almost like he did it for Richard, not for himself. And I just thought that that did a really good job of showing, you know, that this is really tough on people on both sides. And um, that regardless of how it may look, you know, it's there's a lot more victims than we probably understand. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's not about feeling bad for people that work as correctional officers. That's not what the film's about. But it's also understanding that we create these institutions and they're just right. hurtful and painful for everyone involved. I don't think it's that. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. feel like a solution when you look at how damaging it is and that we're not creating anything um, good for society like it's not going to create anything that better society or it's not it's just like feel like really backwards and yeah yeah i mean i totally agree and i think that's one of the reasons why important pieces like this can really speak to so many people and really shed a lot of light on this um on this issue and i think your perspective is a really really unique one you know as someone who's looking at it kind of from the outside Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to thank you for bringing that perspective to us. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about what's next. What can we expect from you going forward? Are we seeing more narrative features, back to the documentaries? or? I'm working on both at the moment, which is, and now I'm doing a lot of this, what we're doing right now. So uh, yeah. the, the doc that I've been shooting is suffering a little bit. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, it's two such different processes, shooting a documentary and working on fiction. So I feel like they can coexist in my life in a good way um yeah. So, yeah i'm doing both actually great that's very very exciting well i think that's our time and i just want to thank you one more time for uh sitting down with me this has been really really amazing and we will be rooting for you on the oscar night oh, and wishing so the best for you and your family thank you josh i appreciate it I thank you so much Well, I hope you guys loved that interview, and I hope you'll love even more when we get personal shout-out on the stage after she takes home the statue. Yes, sir. You're goddamn right. 
Um, yes, like I said in the sh- in the interview of the Elvira, we are pulling for you, and um, we will be rooting for you come Oscar night. And all of you guys, if you are fans of WCR, you will be rooting for her as well. So make sure to do that. Before we get out of here, Alex, you got anything else you want to drop on the people? Uh, no. <laughs> all right, making it easy on me, Alex. Where can they find you? You can find me at Alex. I, you can find me in a bar drinking tequila shots, not I don't out drink of a anymore. cup. Oh, well, never mind then. I was gonna say out of like the gutter on the bar. You're just gonna be just slurping them up. Oh, yo! <laughs> I saw this video of someone drink a shot of um, a dish rag at a bar. Shut up! That's disgusting. Yo, that's <laughs> was... just a Long Island iced tea. That is and and. And everything we're, else. We're disgusting. Maybe Tell the people where they can find you. I need to get out of here. Let's cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> the part where you're like, oh, God, and shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's we'll cut that. Talk. Yeah, we'll see. Um, or I said, let me come in hot with the with the. Um, you, I haven't done this in so long. You can find me on Instagram at alexpaps1, on Twitter at samuraipaps, on Letterbox at agperson. You can find the podcast on Instagram, Twitter at wtrpod, as well as at wtrpod. Now that we're going back to movies, hopefully going to be putting out some more content. Bong. Love it. Um, You can find me at Josh Lempert, J-O-S-H-L-E-M-P-E-R-T on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, and in real life. Find me wherever. And um, as always, guys, I know we took two weeks off, but we are back. We got more great stuff coming for you. Next week, Alex and I will be talking a little bit about the Oscars. Fair warning, we're not going too much into it, but we will be chatting it up. So look forward to that, and we will see you next Monday. Peace.